Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to this episode of Talking Points. I'm your host, Brian Kelly, the points guy. And today I have a fabulous new friend as a guest. She wears so many hats, including Tony Award winner, Randy Zuckerberg, thank you so much for joining Talking Points. Thank you. This is the first interview I've done since winning the Tony. So and you're the first person who gets to introduce How, me like that. Did you that. ever think you'd be a Tony Award winner? No, never <laughs> in my wildest dreams. And I have to say, I left Silicon Valley about four years ago to move to New York City. And I told everyone in my life, you know, I have this passion for Broadway. I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to produce theater. And they all laughed at me. They all told me. And that's when you know you have a good idea. When yes, people laugh like, at you. They laughed. They were like, that's the worst idea you're ever. Like, you're like Why? so yeah. cliche. What are you, sex in the city? You're going to move to New York and work for Vogue? That, that's yeah. right. Oh, yeah. And they're like, they're like, sure. Yeah, you're going to be a theater producer. And then um, like walking up on stage to get the Tony. Oh. I was like, yeah, all of you can win. There's so much we need to talk about today because you, <laughs> your career, your background actually let's start from the beginning so you went to harvard and i did you, thank you, you for saying that because i have another sibling who didn't go to harvard or who <laughs> went graduate. and didn't graduate you so graduated thank you for leading with that a younger sibling so but you went you graduated and then your first job was in advertising yes right? it was at a great firm called ogilvy and mather and it was funny because something very lucky happened to me when i got there but i thought it was the worst luck Everyone else who was entry level got staffed on these glamorous campaigns with like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and everything. And I got staffed on this brand new team called Digital Marketing. Mm-hmm. And I was pissed off. <laughs> I was like, I do not want to be in this dead yeah. end job. What is this? Before social media, yeah, really. It, it mean, yeah. there was nothing. And, um, I got the last laugh when two years later, all of the other entry-level hires were still basically getting coffee full-time yeah, on television on like sets. Shoots. That's yeah. right. And I was part of one of the fastest money-making growing teams in the and business. And one of your first clients was American Express. Yes. I got to work on the black card. The black card. Were you allowed to tell anyone about it? Because, you know, Amex is so tight-lipped know, about it these days. they're very secretive, although there was a point, you know, it's been 20 years or so. I'm not sure that I could uh, list all the benefits, oh, but I got- could, I mean, I could list like the the fine print yeah. of the benefits yeah. um, of the platinum and the black card. So, how for do you, for, for an advertising agency that doesn't advertise the card, like what were you doing? We were we were designing some of the packaging that the black card came in, and kind of the experience. It was really because it was digital marketing, but it was really early days. We were designing what kind of the web and digital mm. experience looked like for kind of new black card members so it was very exciting it was very early days internet but um and do you have a black card now no and it's so funny (laughs) because everyone always asked that when i was working on it and i was like i'm gonna be real with you i make thirty two thousand dollars working at this ad agency like i do not i'm not on amex's like high list hoping for a gold card that's right (laughs) i was like i'll go with like the blue blue cash cash (laughs) the plum card or whatever that's right Um, zinc card that was it like the early mid 2000s yes exactly 
it was really fun, and that was really my first professional entree into seeing, um, yes, the power of different credit cards and what Mm -hmm. they could be used for and how to really make them work for you. And Amex, I guess, was oh. Five oh six was this? Yeah, this or, was or, like oh three. Oh three oh four. Okay. So, yeah, Amex was the big They were really the leader in that space, especially for small businesses would mm-hmm. open the small business network. And one thing that always struck me about Amex that I remember, even though I was only 22, 23 myself at the time, is what a great place it was to work for women. Mm-hmm. There's so many women in senior leadership yep. positions there. And so We've that had was several some, on this podcast. That's yeah, fabulous. It's, it's, so it's that so really it's meant a lot to me even in an early age in my career. You're working at Ogilvy, living in New York, and yes. then, you know, your younger brother yeah, he's, starts this thing. That's right. So, he's He calls me. He's and, like... And, and tell the <laughs> truth. You know how people rolled their eyes at you when you said you wanted to do performance? When he was like, I'm going to build this platform... Did you roll your eyes and say No, totally. (laughs) I totally did. Because he's like, I'm building this thing called the Facebook, and I could really use someone who knows digital marketing to help me. I think what he really meant by that was that he needed someone who would work for free. (laughs) (laughs) That's really what he meant. Because I'm sure $32,000, he (laughs) couldn't even match your salary. That's right. It was a startup. And um, I definitely had this moment where I was like, I work in an ad agency. I live in yeah. Manhattan. Right. I would never go work for my little brother's project yeah. in suburban California. I would yeah. never do that. But he convinced me to go out and take a look at what they're doing. And he convinced me. He was like, I'll buy you a JetBlue ticket to California. A JetBlue <laughs> ticket. And they didn't even have mint back then. That's right. And I was like, an Extra e- leg room, even fine. more <laughs> leg room. He's like, don't push your luck. Um, but so I, I went out. You got and, your one-way ticket. Yes. And what did your parents think of this? Like Randy leaving her corporate yeah. job at a primo company. I don't think anyone thought it was a risk at first because yeah. I just went out to to visit him and I kind of fell in love with just the entrepreneurial pace mm-hmm. of Silicon Valley. I was out there for about a week and I, I sort of had this flash of my career because they were working on the logo and the design mm-hmm. and they were like, all right, Randy, you're the marketer. You pick. And a decade of my life at Ogilvy flashed before my eyes because I was like, it would take me 10 years to get to into get a to, room yeah, where, where I'm like, decisions. making these decisions yeah. about a brand. And uh, so at the end of the week, I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm do doing it. this. So what year was that? This it was, was exactly 05. 05. Yeah, okay. summer, so this is when it summer really started of 05. To school to school, right. So that was viral before we knew what viral meant, really. Like That's right. And and the, I'm sure the servers were crashing left and right. Oh, yeah, right. all the time. I think my my entire marketing budget that I had for my first year there was one box of T-shirts. <laughs> that was that was the mar- my marketing budget. It's very, I know it's very hard to imagine yeah. a world where Facebook isn't this behemoth company. And what was your but, role? Were you like... Um, I had about 12 different business cards, depending on who I was meeting with. Like, who does this person want me to be? Yeah. One was like biz dev, marketing. I think I had one that said Samurai Warrior on it for like oh if I didn't God. know what the yeah. person wanted me to be. I mean, it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. You you know yeah. what it's like to be in those early days of a startup where yeah. everyone is doing is 12 so- jobs. You're like at the business school of life. You're yeah. learning on the fly. It was it was amazing. After I did the points guy and had sold it, I was like, should I go back to business school? My dad was like, uh, hello. It's like an Olympic <laughs> swimmer saying, should I go take a lesson at the elementary school? You know, like, pretty, granted, no, I'm not putting be, down business no, school. You should be I, teaching I, at the what, business school. <laughs> All the grad students, you know, who become consultants, which is like our bread and butter. They, mm. I, so I'll go to like top business schools and like just do the whole points talk and stuff. Yes. And it's 
they're always like, there are more people here for your points talk. Because, you know, once you graduate B-School, you're like on of the road. Of course. So. It's funny that you say that because my husband, his first job was at McKinsey. And that was my first introduction to people who were like crazy points hoarders. Mm-hmm. And he like <laughs> some, yes, some of his colleagues would have spreadsheets. Like they would check in and out of the same hotel every night while they uh, were on the road to like hopping. count as more yes, stays or things like that. Back in the Starwood days, yeah. maybe. Even then, I think even at 23, I was like, that is exhausting. Like, I'm not quite sure that's worth it in life. (laughs) There's this hysterical new Instagram account that I love. It's called Crazy Management Consultants. And it's basically that whole management consultant lifestyle and funny memes. It's like my favorite new account. You got to check it out. Wait, I'm definitely going to check that out. Crazy Management Consultants. So you spent years at Facebook during the most amazing, you know, the company was just growing so rapidly. And then you made a jump. At what point were you like, I want to go create Zuckerberg Media? Gosh, you know, it definitely wasn't something that happened overnight. But um, I I was with Facebook for almost seven years, which in startup years, it's oh, like yeah. dog years, yeah. right? I mean, uh, by the time I left, I was like grandma Facebook. Yeah. I had outlasted, <laughs> I think, most of the early yeah. employees at the company. And um, I had just worked on a project, which was kind of the early uh, version of Facebook Live Hmm. that uh, my team had created. And we hosted President Obama. We had all these amazing things. And I just, I felt like, you know what? The company's about to IPO. I feel like the train is on the track. And my big passion was getting more women Mm -hmm. into business and tech and STEM. And so it it felt like the right time for me to kind of have the Randy show. Speaking of women, you know, it's funny, the points guy, we have about 80 employees now and we are more females work at the points guy than men, which I'm proud of. Because you're smart. I know, right? (laughs) Smart boss. our, Our podcasting team, when we launched our vlog, we did YouTube lives and all this stuff. And it was eight people in the room. I was surrounded by super smart, media savvy women um, running the show. So it's um, it's been really... I love it. Even our two podcast engineers right and now are, are women. It's great. Yeah, Margaret. Yeah, Caroline. <laughs> Have we made huge strides in getting more women into the, the sciences particularly? Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it over kind of a 50-year mark, we've made huge strides. I mean, I remember talking to my mom. She was the only woman in her medical school class. Mm. Now there's more women graduating from medical school than men mm. and becoming doctors. So in some fields of science and, and tech, we have made incredible strides. Where I think the drop-off really happens, though, is kind of there's that kind of messy middle of your career where Mm -hmm. a lot of women are really struggling to juggle family and career. And so when you look at the upper levels of senior management Mm -hmm. in companies, that's really where we have a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. I think we have a lot of work to do in funding startups that are led by women, Mm -hmm. but still a a lot of work to do. What are some actual fixes like better maternity, better corporate planning around maternity leave? Yeah, it's funny. So I've done so much research, Brian, on this space. I had all these hypotheses when I left Facebook about where the drop off is. Mm -hmm. So the first drop off that happens is at eight years old is the first drop-off when we start to lose girls in STEM. So we have lost a generation of entrepreneurs before they even become entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. simply because around second, third, fourth grade, girls are establishing their identity, there's social pressure, they're saying, oh, that's for boys. Um, So the first thing we need to do is we need to get into schools at second, third, fourth grade and make sure that we don't lose those girls. Then the girls that we are able to... Do you think our teachers being trained on that now or elementary school teachers have those skills? 
skills to change how they phrase things in classrooms and you know i think this is kind of the big socioeconomic divider mm. of our country i think the cities and the schools that have enough money and where the parents have enough money to advocate for good mm -hmm. STEM and tech programs are doing a great job. Where I worry is that we're losing people in the middle of the country, we're losing people mm -hmm. in zip codes where schools don't have the funds to be setting up kind of state-of-the-art yeah. STEM and tech labs. And so this becomes an issue of both kind of socioeconomic divide and yeah. gender divide in, in a very complicated way. It is, it is so sad. And this is not a political podcast, but it's like, with so many issues going on, I think we always forget, and as I travel around the world and you see the emphasis on education in so many countries, I think we always think the U.S. is number one. I think a lot of people yeah. just have this notion that we're the richest country, we're like the best in education, but when you see the stats, especially in the sciences, like we are way down. I think at last I saw it was number 60 out of 190 countries yeah. in terms of like we high have, school we science. Have so much work to do, and that's why, so one of my latest projects I've been working on is this kind of techie dessert cafe called Sue's Tech Kitchen. Mm. And we go into cities around the country and kids can come in and they can 3D print chocolate. They can have crepes and pancakes made by robots. And we purposefully put them in zip codes that aren't getting that access in mm. schools. So we did a great partnership in Jackson, Mississippi. We had so many incredible students come through. Unfortunately, Mississippi is ranked 50 out of 50 states in the U.S. for Wi-Fi access, mm. even lower than Hawaii and Alaska. And I think it's only 6% of schools in wow. the state of Mississippi are teaching computers. So how could a student in rural Mississippi compete with a student in Silicon yeah. Valley. They just, they yeah. can't. And, and it, so... It will forever be that way. That's right. They, so again, I know yeah. this isn't a, a political, political podcast or anything, but a, right. yeah, um, but yeah, I think there's yeah. a lot of issues in our own backyard yep. that I feel lucky to have done so much traveling like yeah. you to, to have my eyes opened yeah. to them. Okay, let's take a quick pause right now and hear from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's talk travel, because you yes. are global services. I am. I've been for about, gosh, five or six years What was now. it like? How did you get the notice that you were global services? I, you know, I didn't even know global services existed, but I was doing a ton of speaking around the world. There are not that many women that lecture on technology, mm. unfortunately. I hope that in the future I'm not as in demand yeah. as I am now, because I hope there's so many women yeah. on the speaking circuit that I'm less in demand. But Unfortunately, there's not that many women that will travel around the world and speak about issues of tech who have been on the forefront of a startup. So there was one year that I was everywhere. I mean, I was in the Middle East, and I think I was three times in Australia. And mm. so when December came around, I got this like, ping, you know, welcome yeah. to global services. Oh I didn't did, even did know what, race? yes, I, mean, <laughs> I had to do research. I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. 
And now it is like one of the things that is most important to me to figure out how to keep and hold on to in my life. Yeah. And United <laughs> is now going to pause status for maternity. Yes. Randy, today is actually basically her last day before going on maternity. Yes. I am very, very child. pregnant. <laughs> um, yes. It's funny. So I actually got invited to a lunch for some of the top global services mm -hmm. folks with Oscar, with some of the mm -hmm. senior leadership at United. And everyone kind of went around the room and said, you know, some things that they would want to improve about the experience. And most people said the food. Mm. And it got to me and I was like, listen, I was like, I have two things on my mind right now. First is having a healthy baby. Second is not losing my global services status because of having a healthy baby. Wow. As I think about it, you know, a lot of these frequent flyer status programs are calculated on how much you spend or how much you fly in a year. Yep. You know, I had a healthy pregnancy where I was able to travel up until the end. Mm -hmm. A lot of women Don't, are on bed rest. Be yes. Yeah. And I mean, there are so many aspects of professional life as a woman mm -hmm. where you pay the woman tax. Like I'm exhausted, yeah. quite frankly, from all of the woman taxes yeah. I've paid in my life and career. And so just to like sit there and as the only woman and at that table with global your, services yeah. and to like have to waste brain energy on thinking that I might lose it. I was so tired. I was like, I, I have to say something. And their response was receptive. <laughs> Almost right after that. Delta oh, announced right. Delta. that they were pausing. Delta is yes. pausing it, and then hopefully United. Yes, hopefully United will follow suit. What I like about Delta's program is it's not just for maternity leave. It's for anyone who needs to take a pause, maybe yeah. to care for a sick loved one, mm -hmm. a caregiver. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why men might need to take a pause yeah. on status, too. It isn't just a, a woman's right. issue. I do think right now a lot of these frequent flyer programs are accidentally biased mm -hmm. against women of childbearing age yeah. and need to be fixed. That, that needs to be fixed. What do you think about the state of technology in travel in terms of not just airline websites and apps and making the travel experience easier? Where do you see the biggest need to up our game in the travel industry? Yeah. First of all, I mean, every traveler is carrying a phone around. When you go into an airport, I mean, they should really know you. They should be able to personalize an mm -hmm. experience to you. It's kind of wild, like the amount of time we spend in airports in different yeah. cities and the phone you have that they can't and you geotag. Can, and, and they know what like fare class you're traveling in. And because a lot of times getting into the Polaris Lounge versus a United Club versus yes. on Fair Class, it's confusing. And, and there's still not an easy way to say, nope, you're in Polaris, go to this lounge near this gate or this one. Like Totally. They still have a lot of work to do. Yes. I mean, I feel like I'm sure you have even way more than me. I feel like if I'm going on a trip, I have at least like 16 different apps that I'm checking, oh, yeah. whether it's the weather and the flight route schedules. And yep. there has to be a better way to consolidate all of that into one experience for travelers. I've teased it before. We're in the throes now redoing our TPG app that's going to actually track not just travel, but points, how to mm. earn them, redeem them, and keep track of everything. So biometric technology, I hope for the day where we can walk into an airport and not have to pull out a piece of paper passport and boarding pass. And a lot of people will say that's too much yeah. security wise. I love it. And I'm skeptical at the same time. I love technology and I'm very biased in favor of it. So my first gut reaction is always like, yes. And then, then I like to look at the deep ethical questions. So I agree with you. I think I would love to just with a lot of ease go through airports, not just airports, stadiums. Yeah. As a mom, my heart drops every time I hear about school shootings oh and God, yeah. horrific things that are happening. Biometrics will stop a lot of that. Mm -hmm. 
So I think it will really improve national security and safety and ease of getting through these crowded places. On the other hand, though, I do worry about that kind of information in the hands of private companies. I mean, I worry about it in the hands of the government, too. But I think we really have to ask those tough ethical questions you know who gets what, it yeah and wh- who gets how it, it's being used what if it gets hacked yeah how yeah. is it used especially if people are collecting really detailed info about your health and, yeah. and where you're going and things like that what are your travel go-tos do you have clear i know you fly united out in yeah, newark so, so i as soon as clear opens in newark i yes. will be a clear customer but um, newark i spend more time there than my own yeah. home i think yes. although what's so funny is that um thanks to global services i can actually show up at the airport about 10, 10 minutes, minutes before yeah. boarding just, so i actually i don't am so like, jealous of that when they take the globals <laughs> to the front of the pre-check lane which yeah, is the front of, of course of pre-check, like a mile and they're like yeah. the right at boarding so it's like those moments i use my points too much <laughs> like i don't spend huge amounts because i gotta practice what i preach so I've, i have like top tier on a couple airlines but never like the yeah well you have to really commit tier. to one yeah. airline and mostly i'm speaking and doing business yeah. and other people are paying is it a part of your contract like united or bus like i'm not coming or do they so usually just let you book whatever you want? They usually let yeah. me. They either give me a travel buyout yeah. or they just tell me the tickets. But do you ever sometimes want to just splurge and go like Emirates first oh, class? Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's... But that's the problem because then once you start getting used to that like elevated level, then even going back to business class, you're like, oh, that's just business class. Like... I know. I did fly Emirates first class once yeah. and that was a really life-changing yeah. experience. Or Singapore <laughs> where they're like, would you like Dom or Krug? And you're like, oh my yeah. God, this is on a plane. Like on yeah. Emirates first class, they don't even have a menu. Oh, they yeah. just, they're just want. like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, this is an airplane. What do you yeah, mean? Like what how, do I want? Run out they're like, get... I don't know. You want a lobster? Do yeah. you want a little stir a fry? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is. A little champagne the... vinaigrette as they're yeah. pouring like Dom into the salad dressing. Although, I don't know if you've ever flown Cutter Airlines, yes. which is also amazing. Are, yeah. And apparently, Falcons, unaccompanied oh, Falcons, can plane. fly only in business or first class. <laughs> So I had a, an unaccompanied falcon. No, you didn't. Because I've um, seen it in the rules. Yes. So, yes. And and with the hood on it? Yeah, with like a little hood. Yeah, that was probably the wildest thing I've ever seen on an airplane. Never a dull moment. No, never a dull moment with world travel. So I love it. It just it opens your eyes to so many things. Oh, traveling pregnant, is there one set time stop the yes. doctors say you shouldn't? So technically, you can fly up to 36 weeks mm-hmm. of your pregnancy. Some airlines will ask you for a doctor's note after 30 weeks because they really don't want the liability yeah. of having to ground a plane. Yeah. But I think it's really up to and the so individual. And so you've flown up to... Yeah, so I flew up to about 35 weeks. Wow. Um, and not nervous at all? Like. I mean, maybe a little, but I do have to say, I mean, this doesn't happen to me in the United States very much, but... A lot, if I'm traveling in Asia or other countries where they'll call for global services Mm -hmm. and I'll walk up and they'll see kind of a younger woman and they'll say, sorry, we're only boarding global services right now. What's your response uh, to that? Do you you get like uh, sassy Randy? Like, oh no, you didn't. I used used to get sassy and then I was just like, like I... I need, to con- I need to conserve the yeah. energy that I Positivity. waste on this. Yes. Um, so I'll just kind of show them my boarding pass. Yeah. But it's, smirk. but yeah, that doesn't happen in the United States. Yeah. But, as- but it is abroad. Yes. Yeah. But every time I kind of, they call global services and I walk up like very pregnant. I mean, I look 
the exact opposite of what you think a global services passenger would know. look Some like. I don't know. Some of them have, you know, from years of travel, <laughs> they have true. similar bellies. <laughs> yeah, um, I just, I wait for it. I'm yeah. like, I'm waiting for them to judge me. <laughs> so, so are you a points hoarder? You know, you're on the global services hamster wheel. Like, you got to pay, pay, pay. I know. How do you use your points? Well, I have uh, two children and a third on the way. I love to use my points on just having, like, fabulous family mm-hmm. time. Last year, we went to Maui for almost three weeks oh my entirely gosh, on so points. Nice. We flew business class and, um, on, on United. Honolulu. Yep, yep. Newark, Honolulu. And we did one in um, Ireland and Scotland oh. entirely on points. That was great. So I think I'm more of kind of a, I hoard them for the yeah. year and then spend then them you, as, in you one. You can hoard as long as you have. So many right. people hoard for oh, no, I'm going to, you know, in five years when I retire, I'm going to use them. I'm like, no, because they're going to be worth a lot less. Totally. I know. The other thing that I have done a lot is donate them on in election years. Mm -hmm. So if I am saving up points, I'll donate them to a campaign in order to help people with get out the vote efforts. That's awesome. So final question, window or aisle seat? Almost always a window, except while I'm pregnant aisle for sure although what i really love is getting like that single the single seat in the the aisle yes so if you can try to get the single that's like the dream come true yes but i think you'll appreciate i'm i have a kind of a a crazy schedule when i come off of my maternity leave Mm -hmm. and so i spend way more time than a human should like looking at different flight routes between countries and looking stuff like i think i'm going to the ivory coast in africa and then to saint petersburg in russia straight from there and so i've i've literally spent hours yes both ways air france Mm. paris the triple seven is okay, your best bet for business th- class. See, I'll think of you when, well, I'm, you know, you when I'm sitting on a nice flight. I'll think of you. But I mean, I think I spent almost three hours like looking at all yeah. the different flight routes. Well, if you ever need to bounce ideas, Randy, I'm here for you. Thank you. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on your Tony. Congratulations on your impending baby. Thank and you. And enjoy some much needed time off. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for this episode of Talking Points. I'm your host, Brian Kelly. And a huge thank you once again to Randy Zuckerberg for taking time out to chat all things travel, entrepreneurship, and fabulosity. And thanks again <laughs> to my team, Margaret Kelly, Caroline Chagrin, Chagrin, Chagrin. <laughs> Much to my chagrin, I said her name wrong. Caroline Chagrin, I usually say it right. That's a good save, though. And my amazing assistant, Christy Matsui. That's it for this episode. Safe travels. Thank you. (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.